0: Is. This nation will rise up Welcome To the Elemental Health Podcast Matt, how are you today?
1: Uh, I, feel, I feel good I feel good I've just had a good session But I lo- I've just seen how I look I look like a I don't look good I look like a man who struggled to sleep last night <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh man we're not going to devolve into sleep sleep chat, I don't think. Not, not no, straight. we're not. We. we have two kids. So yeah, we've got, I've got the advantage. <laughs> got the odds. Um, How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. So today we've got three topics we're going to talk about. You happy just to dive straight in?
1: Yeah, I think so. Why not? Let's, let's dive in. And uh, you were very gracious and let me speak a lot last time. So it'd be nice to get your input a little bit. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> put yeah. the ball so, back over the net.
0: That's it, man. Yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, staying in your lane as a PT, should we stay in our lane?
1: Short answer. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The short answer is yes. And I I don't think that's exclusive to PT. I think um, it's a sensible thing to do. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, And that we can get into that a little bit. But yeah, the short answer is, yeah, stay in your lane. Be good at the bits you're good at yeah. and pass on the bits that you're not so good at.
0: I, I don't know if I agree. I don't know if I agree. Oh, I here we go. I on this one. <laughs> I, I well, think... let's
1: start with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. It's hard. It's hard, firstly, to stay in your lane. And the, the way I'm framing this, so I've, I've been thinking about this one, and, and it, this is the trickiest one. We started with the hardest, I think. Mm. This is the trickiest one. So people come with come to us with a, with a goal, a specific goal, okay, um, that is, is so uh, inherently linked to their identity and who they want to be, which encompasses the whole life, right? That person's whole life, that whole identity. Um so to then say kind of, we're going to be just the fitness bit or just the mobility bit. And we're not going to talk about, we're not going to go into lots of detail around nutrition because we don't necessarily have the background. We're not gonna talk about clinical, we're not necessarily talking about injuries that we don't understand. I think, I think, I think there's it's a nuance, isn't it? And I think you're right, but I think there's, there's the flip side of the coin um, and the way, yeah. So, and, and therefore my my line of thinking that's kind of parallel or or, or juxtaposed to yours which is you, you kind of have to balance this dichotomy a bit like leadership like you, you kind of you want the best for the organization and the individual sometimes that's a pull in different directions um i think it's kind of the same thing you want the best for the individual therefore you kind of you want to support them in 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 by being a generalist um, because they want information that's going to get them from point A to point B, and you somehow have to fill in those gaps. Um, that's my general viewpoint, and therefore, I guess I'm coming at it from a different angle to you, and that's why I'm saying actually we we can't stay in our lane if we want to deliver an ultimate result. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think
1: what I like about what you said is this idea of being a generalist and I don't think, and I think that is definitely probably somewhere where I see myself having been in the industry quite a long time and have had different personal interests, which I pursued and picked up different skill sets, uh, different knowledge bases. And there's nothing wrong with being a generalist, but there are limits to that. And I think we have to respect the limits. If we take it to the extreme on one side, you know are we going to be diagnosing illnesses? No, of course not I, I mean that's, that's not our job it's not our role it's not our background not our training it, I don't think it's, I, I just think it's, it's an unnecessary risk for you, for you to take hmm. think- you, do, do you have some experience in I mean that's quite an extreme example, but I'm not a nutritionist, but I have a lot of I, I, I believe that I have a lot of experience with nutrition post my personal nutrition and sort of working with individuals and seeing a variation between that. But again, there is a limit to that. Mm. I wouldn't be prescribing, um, specific treatments, but I could, um, but I'd be comfortable talking to somebody in, in, in the context of maybe calories and sort of understanding where the limitations to my knowledge is and my responsibilities lie, and that might not always be clear. And it can be dynamic as well. But I think to err on the side of caution, you, at the very least, you need to know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I, I do agree with that. So I think, yes, yeah, so I think I can agree and having a slightly different kind of take on it, really. And I think what maybe we can agree on is you kind of, you have to walk the line, don't you, as a, as a PT. And I actually think it's a role that is is hard to fulfill really well because of that. You have to walk the line uh, through all these all these kind of minefields or through these different disciplines that people will assume you have a good foundational knowledge of and you should however how much of that knowledge you pass on and how much do you give as directive advice versus kind of a slightly different more coaching conversation to say my approach has been x and I know that that's delivered results. What are you going to try? So, a kind of broader conversation as opposed to pin things down and being prescriptive.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think maybe if if I was to like lay out some of the the catches, I think by not staying in your lane, some of the some of the things that you can get yourself uh, into hot water. With. The first one is that I think that you you can put yourself at risk if you could be you could you could put somebody at an increased risk either of injury or you could delay them seeing somebody um you know think about some of the, the worst stories you hear about i don't know crystal licking medicine <laughs> they call it medicine well it's not really and they sort of delay people going to get things checked out and then that you know every day is a day lost that they could be getting the correct treatment
0: Yeah. so i
1: think you know there's that there's that side of things i think you put yourself at risk of talking about things that you, you don't know and therefore you may get caught out. You might and you may get caught out by somebody else in the room who you're talking to a client or you're talking to somebody and somebody taps you t- t- on the shoulder and say, what you're saying is absolute nonsense. And then you lose integrity. You lose integrity because you're trying to fill a gap that that perhaps that person hasn't really asked you to fill just because they've made an assumption that you would know doesn't mean that you have to then fulfill that, I don't think. I also think that it's just unnecessary. I think you can develop skills, the, the, develop the skills that you currently have to a level that gives you enough confidence to then pass people on to the, to, to the correct people. Um, and then the fourth bit is just, yeah, I think it just challenges your integrity because where it, once you start stepping out of your lane, when do you stop? How far out of your lane are you willing to go? And how many steps is it before you're you're saying to somebody, oh, um, oh yeah, passing comment on things that you just don't <laughs> you don't know about? And like I said, the worst case scenario is that you could be denying somebody the opportunity to um, actually get the the advice and the treatment that they need. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm talking like very much in a sort of clinical sense. That's where I see it going wrong. Um, I would like to say that this is I have stepped out of my lane. i have stepped out of my lane and i think the the, as the the more i've gone on in the industry you get that kind of what i would call like a spidey sense you almost like know when you're doing it and it kind of makes you feel uncomfortable and if you feel uncomfortable that's that's an early warning sign that maybe you should just take a step back
0: for me right cool yeah
1: i think i think I do agree.
0: I, in principle, what you're saying, I think there's, there's a big nuance to it. And, uh, I, th- I think setting out your stall about how the conversation goes is, is, is probably the most important part from my perspective. And, and like, like I said, is like facilitating a coaching conversation where you, you don't have to have all the answers. That's not what a coach does. Sure. Um, and supporting people to make good empowered decisions, which to your point is, uh, finding and, and having the specific knowledge to, to answer the questions or deferring where appropriate. So, yeah, I think... Uh, I,
1: think I mean, saying, saying that you don't know something is, is fine and to be expected. Not, you know, you're not a fount of all knowledge. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, d- I don't want to... Um, well, I do want to pick at this a little bit more. Have you got a... Because obviously, you've know you mentioned a couple of times now that we are coming at it from a slightly different way. I'm I'm, I'm very adamant about it. You're looking at it from a perhaps more nuanced approach, and maybe I haven't completely understood what it is. So have you got an example of when you've done that, when you've done it, stepped out of your lane, or you've done it successfully, or maybe even an example that you haven't it hasn't quite worked, just to help me and maybe um, other people understand. I don't know if I don't better.
0: know if I do have an example, but I tell you what, what the way I view the world, and we're getting like high-level kind of like on my soapbox view of the world is get like, on there buddy is so here we go so 10 10 years of clinical practice okay i've worked with clinicians from consultant level all the way through to advanced trauma nurses people that are really highly skilled in very very specific um silos and probably some of the best in the world at that um and i've watched them operate I really have and I've watched them operate and you're right in saying that they often have the answer of I don't know because there's so much unknown out there. Uh, And I think woven into that, my own experience from health, fitness, my own challenges, my clients challenges, uh, my own clinical practice is that what we don't know doesn't matter how much of an expert you are. What we don't know is always going to dwarf what we do know. So I think I'm not I'm, I don't think I'm directly challenging what you're saying around staying in your lane. I think there's there's th- that makes sense. I think with that frame of reference to say you can go into hospital and speak to the best expert on cardiology because you have a heart problem. There is still going to be more that he doesn't know about what's going on with you than he does know or she does know. Um but so with, with that frame of reference, then, like, you know, I'm always going to fall back on the coaching conversation and supporting people to make empowered decisions without all the knowledge. Whether that's me not having the knowledge or the, the knowledge in the space, what I would layer on top of that is like, we we we. I think again, another philosophical soapbox point is. I'm trying to empower people to be experts in their own health, and I think the model is a little bit broken, especially when I talk about clinical practice, where we've got this doctor-patient relationship that's fundamentally broken. You go to someone who, to tell you how to fix your own health. Okay. And I think that's at the crux of a lot of the health problems that we're facing in the world now is because we are outsourcing our responsibility for our own health. And that comes with massive implications and that causes a lot, a lot of problems and fundamentally doesn't work. That model is broken. It's been broken for 50, 60 years. Um, so, you know, I'm really impassioned to kind of like empower people. It's probably the easiest way to say it. I can't think of a better way to say it to, to take responsibility. Um, and this point, probably not from your perspective, but from my perspective, this point touches that nerve of no, 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 we're going to figure this out. I'm going to support you through this. Yes, I'm not a dietitian. I don't know everything about your nutritional habits. I'm not a gut health expert. However, let's try something. Um, yes, if I feel appropriate, so there's probably a threshold and my threshold is probably higher than yours because of my clinical background, maybe certain things, probably some other things that my threshold would be lower, then I would say, no, 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 we're not going to have that. We're not going to attack that challenge without some additional support.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think, I think that's reasonable. Um, what I'd like to add to that, I think mm-hmm. is that I, yeah. w- within that conversation there are probably things that we can do as practitioners in that space to make sure that even though we, are, we remain at the forefront of that dialogue with whoever we're working with, that we, we stay within our comfort zone. So you might, so you're not, you're not dying, diagnosing somebody with lung cancer, but at the same time you're saying, but we have other, you know, there are other things that you could do in order to promote your health in a better way that we do feel comfortable dealing with, like you might have lung cancer, but you also eat exclusively Kentucky fried chicken. That is something that I feel comfortable dealing with. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, so I have a framework that I've sort of developed over the years in order to make sure that I feel comfortable and I don't get that spidey sense of like, Oh God, I I can (laughs) hear myself talking too much here and I, I'm um, using concepts and words that I don't really understand. Anyway, so the way that I do it is that I think of the three, um, three pillars of health that <clears throat> I'm trying to improve or influence, which is sleep, movement, and food. And I think of those under the umbrella of them being physical. And as long as I can bring a conversation back to it being physical, about the physical, I feel comfortable as a practitioner. So if they want to talk about something wacky and quite niche, as long as I can bring it back in line with those three things, which I think that I have built up a, a decent level of experience with and a generalist level of experience with, then I, that's, that's how I kind of, that's how I've kind of worked it over, over the years is, you know, as long as I can have that conversation, if they want to talk about a specific diet that I've not really heard of or a specific nutrient that I've not really heard of, I think, okay, well, is it a supplement? Okay. Well, where do supplements fit in my hierarchy of nutrition? And then I can, I can, I can go back through my notes and talk about it with confidence within the framework that I've set in within that safe framework.
0: Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's quite a powerful, uh, statement really because i think that i guess again pushes pushes the ownership back to the individual and also i guess i would have a similar approach in terms of yeah great you you know this new wonder drug is going to cure your knee problem are we doing these three things first Mm. um yeah no okay well, well you know and I talk about this zero to one I don't know if you've heard about me talk about it Matt so getting guys from zero to one one being a position when you can then start to to fine-tune things but until you're at one forget about it like just do the basics like you know if you're not doing the fundamentals forget about the advanced tactics like it's yeah, what, yeah and then bringing it back and, and also what i liked about what you said before we move on is like the, the, the physical nature of things getting people to move and do something take action i think that's very powerful and in, in our sense it's it's physically do something and i think we we we've lost that a lot in this world it's kind of like let's read about something let's speak to someone about something whereas we're both practitioners of the of physical science basically which is like let's start moving our body let's see how it feels let's let's adapt as we move forward and and yeah from a philosophical perspective i think that speaks
1: reams for sure i have in, i think that you know all of these things exist on the spectrum i've talked very much about like the sort of the, the what i would consider the dangerous center and it goes really really badly wrong and you can you see this in lots of stuff i have never read something about um a sort of fly by night psychologist and what. In the end, she's. Been, I think it was in Canada. She was ended ended up being sued because she was implanting like, like Inception, fake trauma, fake memories into people's minds by the line of questioning that, she, and she. But these, the more she did it, the more these people needed her, and then that fed into her own ego kind of thing. And then, but these people were sort of basically just making the, the things that didn't happen, and they were estranging themselves from their families and stuff, and. That's when it goes wrong. And I'm not saying that that person set out to do that, like vindictively. But once it can get big very quickly and you take on a lot of responsibility that it's sort of unnecessary when you just stick to, particularly where we're at, where I am, I'm a personal trainer, just stick to the meat and potatoes. Those three big (laughs) ones. It's enough. But we all have, you know, I'm not doing and thinking in the same way as I was 16 years ago when I started. So I picked up things. I followed things. I've been curious about things. And with that, as you know, we're all susceptible to the Dunning-Kruger effect. I don't know if people have heard about that. When you, you know, through good good intentions, take on a new topic, a, a new knowledge, and you read one book, and all of a sudden, it's all you can talk about. I mean, case in point, that book, Why We Sleep, by Matthew Walker. I think everybody ran that, read that, and then that's all that people were talking about. Everybody was a sleep expert, including myself. Uh, I did a you know mobility course for two days, and all of a sudden you can put mobility expert at it, and then you have to sort of present yourself as a, as an authority on it, but you really understand it. It's it's kind of unsettling. Um, all this stuff that you didn't know, um, and then you know then there's the drop. And it's that balance, I think what you were talking about, what you were talking about maybe at the beginning is that balance between striking that balance between your personal confidence and knowing that there are, there are always going to be more unknowns, but that, that is a well-documented thing in the Dunning-Kruger effect. So you start off by feeling very confident, then you're right down at the bottom again, and then over the years, you come back out of that, (laughs) um, to make sure that you protect yourself on that journey. Uh, with a framework like I have, for example, in, in my world, which is bring it back to the physical and listen to that spidey sense. And if you're talking in a language, this is another one I use. If I'm talking in a language where a five-year-old couldn't understand it or a child couldn't understand it, it normally means I'm either showing off or I'm out of my depth or I've missed the point because I don't fully understand it. So I'm having to use big words and confusing concepts. And that would be, if, that would be the softer side and but put another rent flag for me. And I, and that gives me that same sort of feeling in my stomach sometimes. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What,
0: um, what's the takeaway for, for guys and girls trying to figure this out, like figure out their fitness journey.
1: What's the takeaway for them? Remember that it's okay not to have all the answers. And although you're in a position of authority. I show, it shows a a damn sight, more integrity to say, I don't know, but this person might, and we could maybe work together. Um, and that would be the main takeaway. You're not supposed to have all the answers. That doesn't mean that you should stop learning and that you should stop figuring out where that line and boundary is, but certainly err on the side of caution. That's what no, I'm.
0: Not not for the professional though, from the from a person that just wants to get fitter, wants to get stronger.
1: Oh, right. Okay. Um well, I mean, I would say that the in in terms of my own personal health, the, the biggest jumps that I've made of when I've already I I've sought out help. So I've you know created a little bit of momentum or desire through um often you know as we honest it's sometimes being a bit unhappy uh, with the way that we feel about our health and then i've learned that actually you can probably speed up the process by going to the appropriate or starting a conversation with the appropriate professional and just cutting out cutting out some of that um yeah, you know reducing the lag time between you getting the result that you actually desire all right I I think it's, it's perfectly okay to struggle a little bit and to, and to back yourself to, to solve it, but going to a professional would be, you know, would be a good thing. And that would be an understanding of that. You don't have the knowledge to stay in your lane, but then to go and ask outside of that in order for you to get towards that goal quicker.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I'd echo the same in terms of like getting, getting an external person to, to, to give you an objective view. I think that's probably the first step that I would encourage people to do um, without trying to sell coaching on the podcast. But um, but, but again, the, the what, op- here for. <laughs> what I would say don't do. Okay, what, okay maybe, maybe it's a better approach, but I would say don't do this. <clears throat> don't think that you need to speak to the expert question what they're saying speak to another expert question what they're saying and speak to another expert question what they're saying and come up with a litany of excuses while you're not able to move forward and the reason i say that is because that's what i see happening
1: i i know i know somebody like this <laughs> <laughs> and if that's just you're looking for somebody just to confirm what what it is that you thought in the first place and you just go from next to next to next and you can do that because there are certain because like you said there are more unknowns than knowns and therefore you always that have that to fall back on so if it's stopping you from action
0: yeah there we go yeah there you go um, cool